Hello and welcome to D&D Learning the Game. I'm your host, Jason DM, and today we're going to be talking about dwarfs. So, dwarfs. Dwarfs, uh, and all the time that we've been playing any sort of fantasy genre, all the way from any media that you've probably consumed that's been set in a fantasy setting, dwarfs have probably played a vital part in the mythology and the universe of that world, of that media that you've consumed. So today we're going to be talking about dwarfs as the pages are written within the player's handbook. And this is for anyone that's possibly considering playing that character or playing that race, should I say. And it's just to give you a quick overview of what is written in the book about it. And it means that if you're considering playing this this race, that you'll be well equipped for going in and you're not even having to technically read the book. You can just listen to me explaining what's on the pages. So it's if you do have the, the book there and you're wanting to read along, it is page 18 of the player's handbook. And it begins with Dwarf. Your late elf came through the rough edge of a familiar voice. Brunor Battlehammer walked up the back of his dead foe, disregarding the fact that the heavy monster lay on top of his elven friend. In spite of the added discomfort, the dwarf's long-pointed, often broken nose and grey-streaked, though still fiery red beard, came as a welcome sight to Drizzt. Now I'd find you in trouble if I came out and looked for you. That is R.A. Salvatore, the Crystal Shard. Kingdoms rich in ancient grandeur, halls carved into the roots of mountains, the echoing of picks and hammers in deep mines and blazing forges, a commitment to clan and tradition, and a burning hatred of goblins and orcs. These common threads unite all dwarves. Short and stout. Bold and hardy dwarves are known as skilled warriors, miners, and workers of stone and metal. Though they stand well under five feet tall, dwarves are so broad and compact that they can weigh as much as a human standing nearly two feet taller. Their courage and endurance are also easily a match for any of the larger folk. Dwarven skin ranges from deep brown to a paler hue tinged with red, but the most common shades are light brown or deep tan, like certain tones of earth. Their hair, worn long but in simple styles, is usually black, grey or brown, though paler dwarfs often have red hair. Male dwarfs value their beards highly and groom them carefully. Long memory, long grudges. Dwarfs can live to be more than 400 years old, so the oldest living dwarfs often remember a very different world. For example, some of the oldest dwarfs living in Citadel Felbar, in the world of the Forgotten Realms, can recall the day more than three centuries ago when orcs conquered the fortress and drove them into an exile that lasted over 250 years. This longevity 
grants them a perspective on the world that shorter-lived races such as humans and halflings lack. Dwarfs are solid and enduring like the mountains they love, weathering the passage of centuries with stoic endurance and little change. They respect the traditions of their clans, tracing their ancestry back to the foundings of their most ancient strongholds in the youth of the world, and don't abandon those tra traditions lightly. Part of those traditions is devotion to the gods of the dwarfs, who uphold the dwarven ideals of industrious labour, skill in battle, and devotion to the forge. Individual dwarfs are determined and loyal, true to their word and decisive in action, sometimes to the point of stubbornness. Many dwarfs have a strong sense of justice and they are slow to forget wrongs they have suffered. A wrong done to one dwarf is a wrong done to the dwarf's entire clan, so what begins as one dwarf's hunt for vengeance can become a full-blown clan feud. Clans and Kingdoms Dwarven kingdoms stretch deep beneath the mountains where the dwarfs mine gems and precious metals and forge items of wonder. They love the beauty and the artistry of precious metals and fine jewellery, and in some dwarfs this love festers into avarice. Whatever wealth they can't find in their mountains, they gain through trade. They dislike boats, so enterprising humans and halflings frequently handle trade in dwarven goods along water routes. Trustworthy members of other races are welcome in dwarf settlements, though some areas are off-limits even to them. The chief unit of dwarven society is the clan, and dwarfs highly value social standing. Even dwarfs who live far from their own kingdoms cherish their clan identities and affiliations, recognise relations related dwarfs, and invoke their ancestors' names in oaths and curses. To be clanless is the worst fate that can befall a dwarf. Dwarfs in other lands are typically artisans, especially weaponsmiths, armourers and jewellers. Some become mercenaries or bodyguards, highly sought after for their courage and loyalty. Gods, gold and clan. Dwarfs who take up the adventuring life might be motivated by a desire for treasure, for its own sake, for a specific purpose or even out of an altruist desire to help others. Other dwarfs are driven by the command or inspiration of a deity, a direct calling or simply a desire to bring glory to one of the dwarf gods. Clan and ancestry are also important motivators. A dwarf might seek a, to restore a clan's lost honour, avenge an ancient wrong the clan suffered or earn a new place within the clan after having been exiled. Or a dwarf might search for an axe wielded by a mighty ancestor lost on the field of battle centuries ago. Dwarf Names A dwarf's name is granted by a clan elder in accordance with tradition. Every proper dwarven name has been used 
and reused down through the generations. A dwarf's name belongs to the clan, not to the individual. A dwarf who misuses or brings shame to a clan name is stripped of the name and forbidden by law to use any dwarven name in its place. Male names such as Adric, Alberich, Bern, Bernd, Brotor, Brutnor, Dane, Darek, Delg, Eberk, Enkil, Fargrim, Flint, Gardane, Harbeck, Kildrak, Morgan, Orsic, Oscar, Rangrim, Rurik, Taklin, Thoridan, Thorin, Tordek, Trobon, Travok, Ulfgar, Vit, Vondel. Female names are Amber, Artin, Odhild, Bardrin, Bagnar, Diza, Eldith, Fakrun, Fainel, Gunloda, Gurdis, Hylia, Lynn, Cathra, Crustild, Ilde, Lifdrasa, Mardrid, Rizbin, San, Torbera, Torga, Vistra. In clan names, Balderk, Battlehammer, Bron Anvil, Dankil, Fireforge, Frostbeard, Goran, Holderick, Ironfist, Loder, Lutger, Rumhain, Strakeln, Torun, and Ungart. Dwarf traits. Your dwarf character has an assortment of inborn abilities, part and parcel of dwarven nature. So your ability scores will increase. Your constitution score increases by two. Your age. Dwarves mature at the same rate as humans, but they're considered young until they reach the age of 50. On average, they live about 350 years. Alignment. Most dwarves are lawful, believing firmly in the benefits of a well-ordered society. They tend towards good as well, with a strong sense of fair play and the belief that everyone deserves to share in the benefits of a just order. Size. Dwarfs stand between 4 and 5 feet tall and average about 150 pounds. Your size is medium. Speed. Your base walking speed is 25 feet. Your speed is not reduced by wearing heavy armour. Dark vision. Accustomed to life underground, you have superior vision in dark and dim conditions. You can now see in dim light within 60 feet of you as if it were bright light and in darkness as if it were dim light. You can't discern colour in darkness, only shades of grey. Dwarven Resilience. You have advantage on saving throws against poison and you have resistance against poison damage. Dwarven Combat Training. You have proficiency with the battle axe, hand axe, light hammer and warhammer. Tool Proficiency. You gain proficiency with the artisan tools of your choice, smith's tools, brewer's supplies or mason's tools. Stone Cutting. Whenever you make an intelligence stroke history check related to the origin of stonework, you are considered proficient in the history skill and add double your proficiency bonus to the check instead of your normal proficiency bonus. Languages. You can speak, read and write common and dwarvish. Dwarvish is full on hard consonants <laughs> and guttural sounding and those characteristics spill over into whatever other language a dwarf may speak. 
subrace. Two main subraces of dwarfs populate the world of D&D, hill dwarfs and mountain dwarfs. Choose one of these subraces. So this is just the basic rules for anyone that's playing for the first time. There is probably way more subraces that you can look up if you go onto the DMs Guild. Um, people have probably just created a ton of subraces, so you can go and look, check that out. But while we're here, we're going to cover just the, the two that are in the book, so it's nice and easy for you if this is the first time that you're playing a dwarf. Hill dwarf. As a hill dwarf, you have keen senses, deep intuition, and remarkable resilience. The gold dwarfs of Faerun and their mighty southern kingdom are hill dwarfs, as are the exiled Nidar and debased Kalar of Kryn in the Dragonlance setting. So your ability score will increase, so your wisdom score increases by one, and dwarven toughness, so your hit point maximum increases by one, and increases by one every time you gain a level. That's if you choose to be a hill dwarf. Next up is a mountain dwarf. As a mountain dwarf, you're strong and hardy, accustomed to a difficult life in rugged terrain. You're probably on the tall side for a dwarf and tend towards lighter coloration. The shield dwarfs of northern Faerun, as well as the ruling Hylar clan and the noble Dewar clan of Dragonlance are mountain dwarfs. So ability score increase, your strength in score increases by two, and Dwarven Armour Training, you have proficiency with light and medium armour. Um, so, just to cap off what is written here, uh, there's a bit on the previous page, on page 19, that writes, Slow to trust. Dwarfs get along passably well with most other races. The difference between an acquaintance and a friend is about a hundred years. Is a dwarf saying that might be hyperbole, but certainly points to how difficult it can be for a member of a short-lived race like humans to earn a dwarf's trust? Elves. It is not wise to depend on the elves. No telling what an elf will do next. When the hammer meets the orc's head, there is apt to start singing as to pull out a sword. They're flighty and frivolous. Two things to be said for them, though they don't have many smiths, but the ones they do have do fine work. And when orcs or goblins come streaming down out of the mountains, an elf's good to have at your back. Not as good as a dwarf, maybe, but no doubt they hate the orcs as much as we do. Halflings. Sure, they're pleasant folk, but show me a halfling hero, an empire, a triumphant army, even a treasure for the ages made by a halfling's hands. Nothing. How can you take them seriously? And on humans? You take the time to get to know a human, and by then the human's on the, her deathbed. If you're lucky, she's got kin, a daughter or a granddaughter maybe, who's got hands and heart as good as hers. That's when you can make a human friend and watch them go. They set their hearts on something, they'll get it, whether it's a dragon's horde or an empire's throne, you have to admire that kind of dedication, even if it gets them in trouble more often than not. I think that's just to give you kind of quotes of what a dwarf thinks of those races. Um, 
So if, if you're wanting to make this quick and easy and just to round up what we're talking about here, if this is the first time that you're playing a dwarf, my recommendations to you would be to pick probably a mountain dwarf since it's easiest just to put your strength score increased by two. Remember to take a note that your constitution score increased by two. Set your age between 50 and 300 if you want to be a normal normal an average age dwarf if you want to be young be under 50 if you want to be old be over be 300 plus alignment you're pretty much going to be good um or at least um middle of the road bland you're not going to be evil um your size make it between four and five feet tall space speed is going to be 25 which is shorter than everyone else and it's probably because they are smaller so they won't be able to move as quick as others but bear in mind that if you're wearing heavy armor it does not affect your um, speed it doesn't make it go down you've got dark vision you can see up to 60 feet in the dark but it's black and white instead of it being in full color Dwarven Resilience, you have advantage on saving throws against poison and also resistance against poison damage, as well as you have proficiency with a battle axe, hand axe, light hammer and war hammer. Skills, tool proficiency, if you want a quick one to pick, I'd recommend probably Smith's Tools, just in case you want to make some armor for folk um, or repair armor. Uh, stone cutting, whenever you make an intelligence history check related to the origin of stonework, you're considered proficient in the history check, so you get du double it um, with your, instead of your normal. Um, languages, you'll be able to speak common and dwarvish, and then choose a subrace, which I've already mentioned, mountain dwarf. If you pick mountain dwarf, it means that it's the easiest, so you have proficiency with light and medium armour straight off the bat before you even pick your class, and then it means as well your strength is it is increased by two i presume if you're going to be playing a dwarf it might be the first time you're playing D dungeons and dragons and it might be because you're just looking for a, a race that you have a fair idea how they work or how how they stand in a world like this usually dwarves elves halflings and humans is your your go-to when you're first playing not to say that that it is your first time but it usually is the easiest race to portray when when you're first playing Dungeons and Dragons. So yeah, there you go. Um, we've covered everything about dwarves. If there's anything else that I can think of here on the spot um, that has to be noted about dwarves within the world, um, I think as a dwarf, you should be able to, to know... Um, where certain types of stone came from and how, how your race plays into the game. It would be, there's always a, a dwarf in a town. There's always a dwarf. And they're usually making, selling armour. They're usually uh, part of a trade route with uh, a local mine. There'll usually be local mines to whatever town or city that you go to. So that's where you, as a dwarf, can tend to come in and be... A major player in part of the, the 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 social element of the game, and you can really get the 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 team, the characters, your your fellow players into areas that they maybe wouldn't normally be allowed if you were, say, in a mine or you were in in the company of dwarfs. They'll be more inclined to trust you. Um, and it's depending on how you want to to use that. If the if the DMs 
I don't want to say if the DM's playing a dwarf clan correctly that they'll be more inclined to trust you, but you would presume that they, they would want to trust you. So use that to your advantage, whatever way that you're going about your business when you're in the game. But that's that's where I would begin looking at trying to use uh, a dwarf to the party's advantage. And, and, and it's not to say that you should be picking a dwarf just because oh, it's advantageous to whatever particular setting that you're going into or what adventure that you're going to be playing. But by by all means, we want to maximise our opportunities here and we want to make sure that we're surviving. So use the dwarfs and, and, and use your race as a, a bargaining chip. Try to be that charismatic dwarf when you're, you're talking to a weaponsmith, when you're trying to get an extra thousand gold off of a particular magic item that they're selling. So yeah, that's that's a little bit of a basic rundown for playing a dwarf if this is the first time that you're playing them. If it's not your first time, then then by all means don't forget about those different racial traits. It's very easy to forget that you that you are pretty much immune to being poisoned. Um and, and that you are your constitution should be getting raised as well. Make sure that you've added that in when you're creating the character. Anyway. That's dwarfs in a nutshell. Um, have I got anything that I need to mention? Um, we have started the YouTube channel and I've been putting the videos from the podcast onto the YouTube channel. So if you want to go onto the YouTube, you can click on the link below on, on whatever streaming service that you're using to listen to this podcast. And likewise, if you're listening to this, through YouTube and you're watching this video, you can go to any podcast provider. All you have to do is type in D&D Learning the Game and you will see that there's now at least 30 other episodes that I've done covering D&D and giving the basics of playing Dungeons and Dragons. To everyone that's been following so far, thank you so much for your continued support. Thank you to everyone that's been making contributions to the adventures that I've been writing so if you're interested in finding some of the adventures that I've been writing they are on the DMs Guild so you can go to the DMs Guild and type in the, uh, the Tomb of the Headstone Helm and you'll see that that's written by Jason DM so you can it's completely free help yourself but if you want to give any money towards the charity work that I'm doing at the moment um, one cent is more than I could possibly ask from anyone. So anything that you can give would greatly help. And it all goes towards working with kids with learning disabilities to play Dungeons and Dragons. And if you want to follow along on Twitter, you can find me at JasonDM. And if you just follow me, I post loads of stuff every day, as much as I can. Well, that's a lie. Not every day. But I try to get stuff up as much as I can. Um and also make sure that we're getting new episodes, at least three episodes every week of new content related to Dungeons and Dragons. Admittedly, the podcast is aimed at people who are newer players and maybe never played before. It's supposed to give you a bit of an overview for each different element of the game, but by no means is it exclusively for new players. If you're someone that's been playing for years, there might be elements of certain aspects of this book, of the player's handbook, that you may have forgotten. I certainly have. And I found that rereading over all of it for this podcast has reminded me of quite a lot of rules that I had either forgotten, wasn't aware of, or 
just little tidbits of information that go out your mind. So if you want, you can listen back over the episodes of Intentionally Made Sure that they're as quick as I can possibly get through them. That's not to say there isn't episodes in there that are half an hour to 40 minutes long, but there's other ones that are only 10 minutes, 15, 20 minutes, and they're covering things like advantage, disadvantage, death saves, etc. Also, all different aspects of the game. But anyway, I'm done talking about that. If you want to listen, go on the, the podcast and you can check out the episodes. Other than that, I hope you're having a great day. Thank you so much for listening along and bye bye.